Welcome to a series of talks about objective consciousness, an objective universe, and an objective way to awaken. Expanding upon the works of George I. Gurdjieff and Russell A. Smith. In today's podcast, I will narrate a telephone conversation recorded on June the 18th, 1997. It is from a fellow in Oregon who met Russell earlier that year at the second All and Everything conference held in England. The gentleman in question was one of the first folks to come and study with Russell after Russell announced at the conference that he would show the attendees how to awaken. It begins with the difficulties the student encountered on Father's Day. Then, after asking Russell how the other attendees who also came to Texas, were doing. Russell not only informed him of their progress, but also shared with him some of their remarkable higher feedback moments. Let's begin. Student. Hello. Russell. Good evening. How are you tonight? Student. I'm fine. However, I did have a bit of a snag on Sunday, though. Russell. No, not on Father's Day. Student. Yes, on Father's Day. Russell. What happened? Student. Well, everything happened. Everything went wrong. Russell. Oh, cool. Student. Oh, cool. Russell. Indeed. You are very fortunate. It disrupted only June the 15th, instead of disrupting the entire year. Student. Ha ha, I got you. My intentions were to work on the garage with my youngest son. He was supposed to come over on Saturday and give me a hand. But when I called him to see if he was ready for me to pick him up, I found out that he had gone fishing instead. So I wasn't able to start working on the garage until the following day. When I did, everything went wrong. Russell. Gotcha. Student. But, you know, I did pretty well. I said, what the heck? Sometimes things just go that way. Russell. Indeed, they do. How long did the irritation last? Student. Oh, it didn't last long. But it did begin things. Russell. What were they? Student. Well, it was a combination of things. It started with the aforementioned moment, after which something would break, not go right, or a piece that I needed just wasn't there. The last thing that happened was I cut three studs 
to go in one section of the wall and ended up cutting them an inch short. However, as I now have steward, I just laughed it off. I then proceeded to cut three additional studs. But when I went to put them in, they too were an inch short. I thought, oh, I must have picked up the wrong ones. But no. I had cut the second three an inch short as well. Russell. That's funny. But it tells me something about you. It tells me you are consistent. Student. <laughs> yeah, indeed. That is when I became an unpleasant person to be around. I was moving things out of my way, very energetically. Russell. Did you see it happen? Student. Well, my steward did. It had one part of me saying, That is very unbecoming behaviour. Put a clamp on it. While another part said, This is not where you want to be. You do not have to go along for the ride. Russell. That is just terrific. Your steward saw it and informed you that it was wrong. Student. Yes, he did, which was a very good thing. It only went on for another four minutes or so, and then it dissipated. Russell. That is great to hear. Student. Indeed. I had gone from the point of tossing two by sixes around to my steward saying, I just saw what you did, which stopped it. After that, I had a wonderful day. Looking back, I can now see that it started a couple of days before. Every electrical cord would catch on something or become unplugged. The air compressor hose would wrap around things and would be a foot short of where it needed to be. It was just one thing after another. Oh, and my oldest son didn't call me and wish me Happy Father's Day either. Russell well then, let me back up a bit and say, Happy Father's Day. Student. Oh, thank you. Russell. I fared a little better on Father's Day. I got a Hallmark card from my oldest son that said, Dad, it's Father's Day. And I know it's not customary for two men to be openly emotional towards one another. But I have to let you know how I feel. So, here goes. I then opened it up and read. Please, Dad, I need some money. Please, 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 
I'm begging you. I'm desperate. P-L-E-A-S-E. I'm so friggin' poor. You've got to help me out, Dad. Please, please, please. Oh, and by the way, I love you. Student. That is clever. I bet it made you laugh. Russell. Yes, it did. In fact, I called him. And we laughed together. By the way, how is your wife's studies coming? Student. Oh, very well. Russell. Is she getting excited? Student. Oh, yes. She just started reading your book. And, at first, she was afraid of the math. That is, until I told her that all she needed to do was add, subtract, multiply, and divide. After which, she smiled and forged onward. Russell. I, too, was very pleased when I discovered that everything I needed to know could be understood with just simple mathematics. Student. By the way, how are the other folks from the conference who came to study with you doing? Russell. Well, the fellow who just left did terrific. When we finished doing the objective exercise, he couldn't speak for two days. The fellow before that recently called to say that his steward was becoming stronger, citing that when he went to the garden, he saw colours he had never seen before. So, he too is doing well. The student prior to that, who was here for several weeks, cried with joy all the way to the airport. He was at Coombe Springs with Bennett for several years, and as such, I had to work with him a little bit longer, because he had acquired many things which needed to be purged. After he awoke, I had him do several exercises to strengthen his emotions. As he did, tears of joy just kept cascading down his face. He asked great questions, covering everything from his religious beliefs to how my work fits in. He would often cover his eyes and say, God, this is so objective. Once you understand it, how could you not awaken? This is indeed the way it is. I do not know why no one else ever saw this before. What the heck was Bennett doing? He never even touched on this. Furthermore, one of the other participants at the All and Everything conference recently wrote a letter to a student who was here several months earlier in response to an email that she had sent him concerning her results. Hold on. I have a copy of it. Let me grab it. 
Dear Y, Thank you for sending me your letter. I found it to be quite extraordinary, both in its content and in the way I related to it. Particularly when you said, There is now communion with everything in nature where previously there was only the wish to communicate, as well as there are no thoughts unless I choose to think. If those were intended to be endorsements, they are indeed fine ones. I read an account in a rather obscure but convincing book, whereby a rather straight-laced middle-aged spinster on a fortnight visit to her guru's ashram in India wasn't able to make a similar, it seems, giant step forward. But I never thought that in the context of my own life I would encounter a similar occurrence almost on my doorstep. One verified with such pageantry. Unfortunately, I missed Russell's talk because the printer I was relying on to print the final draft of my midday talk went on the blink and wasn't fixed until three quarters of an hour before the deadline. So I missed his mention of the exercise that he would impart to others once they learned the rules and laws. So, I am delighted to hear about it firsthand from you. From your comments, I must suppose that with Russell's help and advice, his exercise can make the leap possible for some people. Of course, I have to ask myself, would I be a suitable candidate? Would it likely work for me? Would I want to do it anyway? Would Russell want to take me on as a student? And what additional responsibilities would follow? At age 71 and a half, I am slowing down a bit. And as such, I have less time to accomplish chores and projects, let alone take on new adventures. However, my desire to progress spiritually is still quite tingling. And, if I passed by a door that is ajar and missed a unique opportunity to realise more of my small potential, I would have done myself a great injustice. Therefore, my inclination, and indeed my intentions, are to write Russell in the fairly near future and make inquiries directly as to the exercise. But, in the meantime, if there is anything that from your experience would be useful and suitable for me to know, I would be very pleased to hear from you. She wrote back, Dear X, what a delight it was to receive your reply. I did not receive your telephone message due to a blip in the answering machine. So, I am grateful that you took the time to follow up with the letter. I was humbled reading it. I will confidently say 
that I am not a special case. Anyone who really tries can receive what I received. The beauty of learning the rules is that one can see the law conformability of Stuart taking residence in the house. Primarily because it is law conformable. It is also law conformable that Stuart stays there as there are no voices pushing him out with you are not worthy of keeping something so wonderful. Russ often says that it is the right of man to obtain what I have obtained. And, after showing hundreds of people how to do just that, it proves that the suggested work which precedes his exercise is incontrovertibly necessary. In a sense, it is the understanding of his book which holds the key. So, the leap forward is not only possible for some, it is possible for all. I would not say that at 71 and a half there is less time to accomplish chores and projects, let alone go on new adventures. But rather, at 71 and a half, how could one not take an opportunity to walk through the door that is ajar? You ask me whether there was anything from my experience that would be useful and suitable for you to know. Well... The most important thing to know is that help is available for the asking. I trust Russ implicitly to give such help to everyone, with integrity, with law conformability, and with great love and compassion. My very best wishes for your blossoming. Student Wow, those are great letters. Russell. Yes, they are. Perhaps they will get passed around and others will say the same. Student. If they do, I hope your work doesn't get too popular to where it becomes institutionalised. Russell, I hope not. For as long as possible, I plan to keep it individual, honourable and wholesome. At least, that is my aim. But, if those who come and study with me keep writing letters like that, there is no telling how many folks will be knocking at my door. Student, Indeed. Russell. So, needless to say, things here have been going very well. Additionally, a student recently called to share his higher feedback moments regarding questions about his life and being. He told me the answers came sparsely at first. 
but, as instructed in the exercise, he tenaciously persisted, after which they came more frequently, reaching a point to where the higher finally said, Okay, I know what you are going to ask. So, here are the answers. Student. That makes me jealous. Russell. It shouldn't. Instead, it should motivate you to do the master exercises. If you do, results will come, as that is law conformable. Student. Yes, I proved that to be true today when I did one of the master exercises and got into a place similar to when I did the objective exercise. Russell. Fantastic. That is where you want to be. Keep returning there as often as possible. If you do, sooner or later, you will remain. Student. I will. I promise. Russell. Another student called to ask what she could do in order to lose weight. To which I replied, Have you tried higher feedback? Her response was, No, I have not. I'm afraid to ask. I said, Do not be afraid to ask. Just ask. So, right after we got off the phone, she began doing higher feedback. Her next email said, Many thanks for directing me to the higher feedback exercise. It worked. I got several answers that were just amazing. She then asked her higher other questions, to which she received answers. Here are some she subsequently sent to me. Question. Why did I get cancer? The higher replied, To get you to listen. You were killing yourself anyway. Our work is not done. Question. What is our work? The higher replied, To communicate with the world. To bring heaven to earth. Do not limit yourself. Question. What does it mean to bring heaven to earth? The higher replied. To see the beauty and describe it to others. Use the language you know best. I wish to be known. Question. Who are you? The higher replied, I am that which cannot be described. I am that which is nestled 
in the heart core of everyone. I am with my Father. I am with you. I am the bridge. I am the water. I am the boat. I am that which is seen when your soul opens. I am you. I am. Take away the words and you will still see me. Look to where there are no words. Look to the Father. Question. Who is the Father? The higher replied. He who has created us. He who needs us. Question. Why does he need us? The higher replied. The worlds are unstable. Our duty is the binding that holds them together. Each drop in the ocean ripples and is felt. We are the hand that steadies the child. We are nothing. And yet, we are everything. Question. Why does stabilizing the world matter to the father? The higher replied. A flower is planted. It needs to be watered and cared for, which is the responsibility of the gardener until it is established. Once established, the gardener will keep an eye on it to see that disease does not take over. We are here to help with disease control. If the flower dies, ripples are lost. The bees will have one place less to go. The butterfly will have one place less to land. The world is like a flower. The balance is delicate. If the world dies, other worlds destabilize. If all worlds die, then the Father is no more. Question. Where does the Father come from? The higher replied. The Father was always the Father. But there are others. Question. What others? The higher replied. You do not have the being to understand such things. Question. Will I ever understand? The higher replied. If that is your wish, but not everyone wishes to ask. Response. I wish to ask and to understand. The higher replies. Then 
it will be so. Keep asking the questions. If you keep knocking on the door, it will eventually open. The more the knock, the greater is the chance of being heard. If one person knocks, others will follow. Russ knocked, and you followed. If you knock, others will follow. Question. Who is Russ? The higher replied. He is the light. He is insistent. He is tenacious. He demanded answers. He is beloved and cherished. You have enough for now. Student. Wow, that is great stuff. Russell. Indeed, it is. Then, today, I got this from her. It goes from questions and answers to just a flurry of answers. Question. Are there any circumstances in which my cancer would return? The higher replied, Do you want the cancer to be there? Question. What do you mean? The higher replied, Do you want to be looked after? Question. Why are you answering my questions with a question? The higher replied, because the answer lies within you. You know the truth of your desires. You do not need me for such things. The cancer will only return if you want it to. It is a tool that you have manufactured to get a job done. If the work has been completed, you no longer need the tool. But I am not here to answer such questions. You need to see the difference between hard responses where there is not caring and my response where I care only for you. You are the most important entity in the universe to yourself and nothing else matters except that you come to presence. This is why I say to you, do not be concerned with others who will come later. I am with you and my master is with me. You will become me and we will join with the master. You have no need to formulate the questions. I know what they are. I know who you are. And I know who I am. Together, we will conquer the universe. Do not look upon these words at face value. Stakes are high. 
My master does not want wimps. He has work for us to do. Peace and harmony are paramount. You must know yourself. You asked about your death to cancer. We are concerned with a much higher death. The death of self. We are working towards unity. Do you see the difference? They are leagues apart. Do you want to be with our master? Good. You offered your life when at Russell's. That offer was not taken lightly. As it was not given lightly. Your life has been accepted for transformation. It gladdens my heart. My heart is the eye of the needle. The eye of the hurricane. Look into the eye and you will see the thread of life and the cosmic wind beyond which knows no barrier. Student Wow, Russ, you are right. That was moving at light speed. Russell Yes, it was. Looking back at her journey here, when I asked her, if she had a double arrow of attention after we completed the objective exercise, she replied, it is more like a triple arrow of attention because there is somebody behind the guy that is doing the observing. The rest of her week here was just phenomenal. She was floating around the property one morning, when I asked her how the objective walking exercise went, she excitedly replied, 2,238 steps. I couldn't leave the place. Doing the threefold attention exercise while walking was just incredible. Student. Indeed, Russ. I have had a few moments like that myself. Russell. Good to hear. Lastly, I will share with you something quite amusing. The student who cried with joy on his way to the airport is just like you. That is, he too does not like to sing in public. However, while we were waiting on his plane, we went into TGI Fridays and began talking about his newly found presence, wherein he said, I do not want to leave. I do not want to be alone. To which I replied, From this day forward, you shall never be alone. There will always be you, and your newly found presence. He looked at me, smiled, and said, 
you're right. From this day forward, I shall never walk alone. Whereafter, he began singing the last verse of the song, You'll Never Walk Alone, with gusto, in TGI Fridays, no less. After which, I began to sing it from the beginning. He joined in, and together, we sang it resonantly, beautifully. Then, when we arrived at the place where folks gather in order to board the plane, he said, Would you like to sing another? I said, No, <laughs> that's okay. Then, I cringed and said, I think I created a monster. To which we both laughed. Student, that is an amusing story. Thank you for sharing it. Well, I think that adequately fills my cup for this week. I will call you again next week. Russell, I am very much looking forward to it. Good night. That completes today's podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions that you would like to have answered, please send them to information at thedogteachings.com and we will endeavour to answer them and perhaps even include them in a future podcast. In addition, you may now pose questions at our new Telegram group, The Dog Teachings, which is open to everyone to join and participate in. You may also find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Dog Teachings. If you would like to purchase Russell Smith's book, The Blueprint of Consciousness, a 520-page hardback, which is also available for PDF download, or learn more about the subjects and exercises we have been exploring, you can do so by going to thedogteachings.com. That's T-H-E-D-O-G-T-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-S dot com. There, you will be able to listen to other talks, obtain diagrams, animations, supporting videos, and much, much more. But, most importantly, you will have real-time access to the materials we are discussing. That's thedogteachings.com Goodbye. Until next time.